0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Women in Music with me, Millie Cotton. Women in Music is the podcast sharing the tales of modern voices in music. They all just happen to be female. If you've enjoyed season two so far, please do go and leave us a review over on iTunes. It helps other people to find the podcast and to get the stories of these brilliant women out there. On this week's episode, I spoke to dancer and fitness influencer Danielle Pisa. Danielle began her career in ballet and after an injury, pivoted to commercial dance. Having danced the likes of Justin Timberlake, Kylie Minogue, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift and on shows such as X Factor and The Brits, Danielle became one of London's most sought-after dancers. A huge thanks to Danielle for chatting to me for this episode, and thank you to you guys for listening. Hi, Ooh, my phone oh, my phone's just fell good, how are you? I'm all good, I'm all good.
1: Let me just pop my AirPod in. Is that going to be easier?
0: Yeah, I reckon that would be great. Thank you. Okay, hang on a sec.
1: There we go. Hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, perfect. How was your weekend? Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I'm not going to lie, babe, I'm drained. Yeah. Um exhausted. Um like I just had a chat with my mum and I was like, I need to like protect myself a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I need to You have been um, doing yeah. so
0: much good stuff in lockdown. Like all of your lives I think have been keeping everyone so motivated and
1: thank you. Yeah,
0: you're really, really how did it go today? Was it good?
1: It was good. I started this like five hundred rep thing, so we're doing like five hundred reps of a different body part every day. So today was abs. So, um, it was, yeah, it was intense. I got halfway through and I was like, oh my God, I hate myself for actually planning this workout, but it's good. I feel like you've got to keep taking it up another level and like introducing new things. <laughs> like this is like, basically this is like the whole podcast. Like what, let's, <laughs> let's not, it will be like getting to the podcast and I have nothing to say
0: now, I've said it all. Um, so I didn't realise that you dance for, I feel bad for not realising because it's one of those things yeah. where like people turn around to me and say it sometimes, they're like, Oh, you DJ like who have you DJed for? And I'm like, well, actually, (laughs) let me just like reel off this really long list of brands of like, yeah, global brands. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you've danced with some incredible, incredible artists. Yeah. Like, I I was gonna let you say who they are rather than me reel them off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, it's it, I don't really talk about it, because I kind of see it as, like, a different part of my life. Well, it was a bit a different career, kind of, to what I've got now. Mm. But, yeah, like, it's only when I kind of am like, oh, yeah, Kylie Minogue, yeah, I danced with her quite a lot, and I danced with Justin Timberlake, that was cool, and Katy Perry, you know, I was in her video, she was sweet, like <laughs> like Taylor Swift and that. And I'm like, t- to me, it's like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm aware that it's, like, very cool now looking back on it but I think at the time when you're in it mm. you don't
0: see it like that yeah
1: Do you know what I mean like you don't like I don't know because you're in it I guess
0: so when did you start dancing
1: so I started when I was two um, but I mean, can you really call that dancing? I feel like that's more just like, you know, <laughs> running about. <laughs> I've got like an 18-month-old niece, and I feel like that too. She's definitely not going to be dancing. Um, but I, it was always like the hobby that I did like after school. Mm. Like it was just like the thing that kind of stuck. I did a bit of karate. I played a bit of the flute and piano. But dancing was just a thing that stuck. Like I just loved it. I got so excited to go to dancing after school. And then I got to like the age of like 13, 14. And without sounding really, really arrogant, I was really good at it. It was just the thing that I just excelled at. I'd, like, found my thing. Um, and everyone was like, you're going to be a dancer when you're ready. You're going to be a professional dancer. And I was actually really shy as a kid that I would not leave my mum's side. I followed my older sister, and I just kind of did what she said. Um, and I kind of ended up just going, okay, I'll, I'll be a dancer, sure. If that's what I'm good at, I'll just do that. Um, and then I realised at, like, 15, 16, when I was doing my GCSEs, that actually I could audition for dance colleges. And actually, turn it into a career. Mm. And at the time, I was really, really good at ballet, so I was like the ballet girl, which is why a lot of my workouts now focus on like technique and kind of a more ballet kind of um, foundations of of training. Um, And ballet was the thing that I wanted to do. I because I wasn't very confident. The thought of like singing on stage or doing musical theatre was too attention seeking, and Mm. I was like, absolutely not, can't do that. So I do ballet. I don't mind being one of like 40 swans in Swan Lake in the back. I'm fine with that. Um, And I ended up going to a full time ballet college called English National Ballet School. And um, I remember before I left school, one of my friends, I say in quotation marks, said, um, Oh, okay, so you're going to like go and dance, but like what's your real job going to be? And I was like, Oh, Nicole, that's not very open minded of you, but okay. And that was kind of when I first realised that actually maybe it was a, a, I don't know, like not the done thing, mm. like because also like, back like then like we didn't have the whole social media thing. It wasn't like you could be whatever you want. It was like no, like you kind of are a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, you know, one of those. um I'd say more typical jobs that most people kind of think. I'm going to grab and I'm going to be a nurse or a fireman or whatever. Yeah, um, and. Yeah, so from 16 I went to full-time ballet college and that was kind of the start of it for me, realising that actually dancing was like the thing that really made me tick, like really like kind of got my brain into like the the right frame of mind, Um, but uh, an injury meant that I couldn't continue with ballet because of the pressure it was putting on my ankles. Mm. and I knew I still wanted to dance so at like the age of 18 I then was faced with well what are you going to do Danielle because now you've realised what you want to do but life has kind of turned around and gone yeah I'm not going to let you do that and that was when I then found commercial dancing or like backing dancing as what maybe pe- most people would like familiarise it with um, and I was like oh I know someone that danced for Blue remember Blue, the boy band? yeah of
0: course <laughs>
1: Yeah, I knew someone that danced for Blue and I was like well that looks fun mum, dad I want to go be a backing dancer. I'm going to give up ballet. I'm going to kind of retrain. I'm going to be a backing dancer. And my dad was like, "Okay, are you sure? Because you've done a lot of ballet training, and now you're literally doing like flipping 180 mm. and going the complete opposite." And I was like, "Yeah, I. That's what I want to do. I don't really know how, but I'm going to figure it out." And then I just started going to like pineapple and doing this like this training, and then and then that it basically, like, led on from there, so...
0: So, how, how did you get your first audition? Were is it a case of, like, just being in the right place at the right time, or... Because I know Pineapple Studios, they they feed a lot of dancers into stuff like that, right? Yeah, so, um,
1: at the time, there were, like a few publications, so we had this newspaper called The Stage, and people um would list jobs in there their auditions mm. so you you know it would say uh, on the back few pages i guess similarly to how like people might list on like craigslist in america or you know and you can kind of browse through um and this was like oh we've got an audition for this show or this tv show or this music video we are looking for girl only girls for this one um preferably a minimum height of this and there's a Submit your CV, and then we'll let you know if you get the audition. So that was one way. And Another way was through word of mouth. So I obviously just ended up becoming friends with other people who I would meet at, like, dance classes and stuff, and, we you know, we'd all just chat. Mm-hmm. And then a final way that I ended up obviously utilising more was through agents. So my first audition was actually um, to join an agency. So obviously you'd go, do the routine, and they'd decide whether they wanted to sign you or not.
0: Yeah.
1: And I went for that audition. I got the agency... But then at the end of that audition, they said, we're actually also auditioning for a job right now. And obviously we know that you came here to audition for the agency. We'd like you on the agency, but also the choreographer would like to audition you for the job as well. So I was like, oh my God, this is like double whammy, two birds, one stone. Like not only have I now signed to an agent, but I'm also now in my first like proper audition. Mm. And it was an audition for the Brit Awards. And I was like, well, I'm never going to get it, but at least this is great experience. Ended up getting it. And it was to dance for leona lewis where she performed at the brit awards back in 2008 amazing and i got it and i was like i remember going home and going mum i can't do this i can't do this like no like i I only signed up to audition (laughs) for an agency i didn't ever actually expect that i'd actually get a job and then yeah and then that was kind of my first thing and then from that that agent obviously put me forward for more jobs and being in the commercial field you can have more than one agent so, I then auditioned for other agencies and I basically built up this um, collection of people that represented me and that would put me in for some of the best jobs that were going. So, I, you know, I had to go through the long slog of like open auditions, queuing up. You know, like you see in films, it really mm. is like that sometimes, like queuing up hundreds of people, like when it's cold outside, waiting for your turn. Um, but the longer you go on and if you get more agencies, then obviously the less you have to do that because you turn up at your time slot and there's only 20 of you there. So, that's kind of how that like, progressed.
0: How did you deal with the competition of it? Because it must be such an like a competitive industry.
1: Yeah, it was... Um, so, like I kind of said, like, when I went home and I said to my mum, I can't do this, it was because I was looking around, seeing so many other, um, not only great dancers, but dancers that had so much more experience than me as well. Like, I was brand new. I was a new, tiny, baby little fish in this huge pond of like big old fish that had been going for a long time and it was really daunting and like I said I was actually really shy which is weird because people don't think I'm shy anymore but I guess I've just learned to not be so shy um and it was a very much like when you step into that room you are first of all kind of being judged on what you look like Mm. because they do need to set a certain criteria like yes it's not the world that we want to live in but sometimes you do need you know all girls with maybe dark hair unless blonde girls are willing to dye their hair you know like you sometimes creative purposes you do need a, a specific look for certain jobs so that was one thing and then it was quite tough like when I would then realise I was up against like my friends for jobs yeah. and it's like they only want one of us and there's three of us here that you know I want to support them support you but I guess you've just got to understand like it's, it's a business thing it's not a personal thing and Um, it's kind of being able to train your brain to know look you know what this is my job and then outside of that like you are my friends and I can still support you um, even if you get the job or I get the job or or whatever Um, but the competitive nature is very real in dancing but it's not as well I didn't experience it as um, any real bitchiness or nastiness Mm. I'm not saying it doesn't happen but I feel like I was fortunate I didn't experience that
0: um with so your first show the brits how long did you rehearse for that like what's the average sort of lead up to a massive show like that
1: so for that i think we maybe had around a week i think it was around a week yeah so um we would have had maybe and when i say a week that probably is with maybe one day off so like six days rehearsal, let's say that
0: doesn't um, feel like well, very long at all.
1: <laughs> oh no, not long at all. Like maybe five days rehearsal and then the show day. Wow. Um, so really, if you break it down, five days rehearsal on one show day. So if you exclude the show day, obviously because everything needs to be done by then, you've then got four days. In those four days, not only do you have to obviously learn stage, do costume fittings, um, and all of that, but one of those day, one of those days will involve being at the venue. So we were at. Um, I think it was the O2 or Wembley. I can't remember back then, but wherever it is, we were at there. So really, that also doesn't count. So we've only really got three days oh my to gosh. learn everything, know it all, start our costume fittings, and be ready to take it onto stage. So the pace at which you have to learn things is very, very fast. Like, usually they try and teach it to you in a day, if not maybe a day and a half, mm. depending on, obviously, how long the piece is. So this was just one hour... I think it was about five minutes long. um, And we had to obviously learn it all within like a day. And then after that, you have to clean it. You have to go over it. You have to drill it. um, And then obviously do all the spacing and everything for it. Um, So you really don't get a lot. Um, But things like tours, where you've got to learn a two-hour show and you've got like, I don't know, 15, 20 numbers to learn, um, you'd probably have about three weeks. So you'd have three weeks before it has to be ready to go on stage. And are, so, they,
0: are those days, like, very, very long, like a, a seven to ten sort of day?
1: They, well, they usually, at the beginning, they usually typically are ten till six. Okay. So you've got your eight-hour day um, with, like, an hour for lunch. So you've got, like, a seven-hour day of actually working. Um, the closer you get to, like, the opening night of a tour, you will then go into what we would call production rehearsals. So basically you'll go to a massive warehouse where they've built up a mock of the stage, and... Um, and that is the stage that is obviously then going to travel around venue to venue, and so you you're testing things like the stairs and the doors that are opening and the risers and all of these different things. And those days, oh God, Millie, those days, they are relentless. They will be an eight a.m. start until I have been in production before till past one a.m.
0: Oh.
1: Because it's like we can't leave until this is right and this is ready and. It, that is when the real team part comes in because we're the dancers mm. then you've got the artist obviously who let's be honest is never there from 8am till 1am but you know fine do what you want <laughs> and then you've got the all of the stage hands the, product, like, the people that are put, actually building the stage that means that it's safe for us to perform on it you've got the uh, costume fittings you've got your wardrobe you've got your band all the musicians so that's been, like that's the exciting part because you literally see everyone has kind of been doing their own thing separately and now we all come together but they are the days where you're literally like, I just want to go home, and I just want my mum, and I just want to like be able to eat a meal and you know not be rushed through lunch because I've got to go and do this, got to go and do that. Um, but that's how you know you're getting close to like actually getting ready to like do the show. So mm-hmm. I think I don't think people realise how much really goes into it. Um, they just kind of see the finished product of the performance on tv or they go to a concert and they're like oh that was a nice two-hour show weren't the costumes pretty they're like yeah <laughs> they are but a bit more to it than that guys if I'm honest
0: did you find it really hard to stay healthy during a tour because obviously you're dancing all these really long hours and then maybe not having that much time to eat and sleep and when you're around so many people all the time as well that must be quite like a an exciting energy yeah. to be around but also yeah. one where It'd be difficult to yeah,
1: stay, stay sane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Like the, um, the 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 your mental health, I think, has to be quite strong. Which I think is fortunate that the position that we're in when we're doing that is a job that we love. Mm. So, although our mental health is tested in those long days, you know, it's tiring. You're never really settled because you're moving from city to city. The one thing that I find every dancer has got in common is that, that how, Like, I feel on such a high, and I get so much enjoyment from doing it that actually my mental health in that respect is okay. Um, but my, I mean, my dietary health because you've got catering on
0: tours—that's
1: <laughs> where it all goes wrong. I mean, I absolutely adore all the catering teams that I've worked with, but they are literally giving you like a startup main, and a dessert every day. And it's like I need to remember that I've got to fit into these costumes because they're there. And obviously they're also feeding, like, the workmen that are putting the stage together. So obviously they've got to eat, like, big meals. They are really doing a lot of the hard Mm. labour. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, I always love seeing, oh, we've got profiteroles today, have we, Debbie? Thank you. And then the next day we've got, like, sticky toffee pudding for dessert. Don't mind if I do. Um, So, like, that's that's another part of it. But um, I, I honestly, like, I always loved touring I never I never had times at times I felt a little bit sad because I missed home or whatever but overall I only have really really positive memories and I don't didn't struggle if you know in, in the ways that maybe you might think yeah and maybe others do but I, I just didn't
0: what was your favorite tour that you've done
1: so Tours I only did I did three tours. Yeah, I did three like um arena tours. Mm. And my favourite one was probably probably the X Factor. So I did the X Factor tour in two thousand and thirteen. Um it was the year James Arthur won. I think that was I think he won in twenty twelve. So yeah, it would have been the in Um and that was um the first tour, the, the, my favourite tour that I did but it was actually my last tour that I did but I think it was something about the fact that we were dancing for all different artists obviously she'd get like the top the final ten or however many it is yeah. in doing the tour so I think I like the fact that all the artists are really different so we literally were kind of like changing characters as we were going through um, so I think that was my favourite and also like the X Factor crowds are a lot which is great because they're very very energetic they've got a lot of enthusiasm um, and we really feed off that as dancers like we really really feed off the energy like I mean I can imagine it's probably the same for you and DJing Mm. you're going to feed off what the the people that you're DJing for are giving you you know if if you're DJing out to a crowd of people that are literally staring at you not doing anything then you're gonna feel a little bit flat whereas obviously if you've got that energy, it really does make a difference. So I would say that was my favourite tour, but some of my favourite performances were those that I did, like I was fortunate enough to dance at um, Wembley Stadium.
0: Huge. Like as a Londoner So as well. big, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> right? It's what, like 90,000 people yeah. capacity? Yeah, massive. Um, that is, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't even really prepare your brain or your body for that level of adrenaline. And I still to this day, I don't think I've found anything that has matched the adrenaline that I felt when I was getting ready to go out and perform to a crowd like that. Which is a little bit sad, I guess, but I feel grateful that I got to feel that adrenaline. Um, so they were, that was always my favourite. I got to dance at Wembley Stadium a couple of times, um, and like, especially being from London. Like, that's my home, do you know what I mean? Like, that's mm. my, my hometown, so it makes it that like, little bit more special.
0: Yeah, that's a, so, so sick. When did yeah. you decide to stop dancing?
1: I get this quite a lot, and um, I always knew when I started dancing. So when I made that transition from ballet to commercial, in my head I kind of said to myself, and I didn't even necessarily say it to my family or friends. By the time I reach thirty, I hope that I have achieved everything within my dance career that I can move on to the next thing, mm. because I do believe that if you do something too long, the enjoyment goes from it um, and I've always been that sort of person like I do think that you can kind of is it like plug a dead horse is that what they say like you kind of like you, you are trying to get so much out of it it's like you've kind of reached your full capacity and because I love dancing so much I never wanted to get to the point where I resented it or I didn't enjoy it mm. so I kind of set my own internal little goal that right hopefully by the time I get 30 I would have t- ticked off all my tick boxes but I personally had with dancing and I kind of moved on to the next thing and I feel very fortunate that I managed to do that a little before I turned 30 um, and I actually ended up switching when I was 28 into what I do now yeah. so I think a mixture of that matched with the fact that social media for me did pick up um, through whatever reason I was presented with this platform mm. and I thought I obviously at the time, I didn't think this is my way out of dancing. I just thought, oh, this is cool. Um, maybe this will be the thing that I do, like social media. Like, is that a thing? Like, do people do that as a job? And, because it, it wasn't really a job then. Um, and it just seemed like the natural progression, like something in my gut was saying, if you don't jump and try and fly with this now, and you try and jump later on, you might end up falling flat on on your ass, basically. Mm. Um, And it was kind of one of those, let me just run off the edge of the cliff and just hope that this does work for me because I feel as though I've got everything that I can from where I'm currently stood. So let me just give it a go and see. Um, So it wasn't really like I'm quitting dancing because I'm not enjoying it. It was that there are other opportunities there. Let me just, like, let me see. It was, I mean, it was basically an experiment. um and luckily it worked maybe I maybe could have carried on for a, a couple more years but I, I was I, I was kind of done with with that and I wanted to leave on a high I felt like I left on a my last job also was the Brits which mm. is kind of a weird There's,
0: turn in yeah like serendipitous yeah, a <laughs>
1: circle yeah um so yeah so that's kind of where I where that kind of whole decision came from people think that oh she's got a lot of followers and she just was like screw dancing and it really it was actually quite a tough decision to make but I knew I had to do it if I wanted to see where I could progress
0: is there kind of like an age thing on dancing as well because I know that as you get older in a lot of industries which are physical and then like with athletes as well I mean dancing you are an athlete as a dancer really yeah um but is it kind of like the older i wouldn't have said yet surely but like maybe mid-30s are people still dancing
1: yeah i mean i think obviously it's totally personal and depends on on you um some women want to maybe potentially have children Mm. so that obviously is you know is going to be don't get me wrong i know some people have had children and gone back to dancing and wow absolutely incredible um Maybe just because they're managing to look after a child and still do that sort of job. Yeah. Um, so I do think it's obviously very personal. There isn't any like right or wrong age. And the same with athletics, football, all of those sort of things. Um, but I think as well it depends on the type of job like within dancing that's obviously such a broad spectrum. Mm. So I think that people that are maybe doing the less intense, high-intensity type dance jobs... Um, so maybe you wouldn't necessarily tour as much because it is a lot more on your body um, and you might only stick to doing gigs in London or you might only stick to doing corporate gigs and not doing music videos or, you know, you, you can kind of obviously pick and choose if you're fortunate enough to have a reputation and, and have enough contacts and, you know, get, get the jobs. But I I have friends that are mid-30s, thirty three. Um, And one of my best friends did dance on the Spice Girls tour, which was last year. And that was a stadium tour in the UK. And she was was 33, and she was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm loving this. So I think it it does really depend. But most people say that men can obviously dance for slightly longer than women can. Mm. But, I mean, I'm all about, like, smashing that, um, what's the word?
0: I guess it's like the barriers, idea that people have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's funny how some like sports are I I think pretty much all sports are like ageist aren't they there's yeah yeah it's definitely a preferential treatment for younger younger people
1: yeah and also it's like like you like for me I kind of look at like 21 22 year olds and go do you know what I've had a great time I've mm. had a really good career I can see how hungry you are like I know how hard it is to get into this industry like, if I'm gonna step aside, I want it, I want also, like, I want you to be able to have your chance. Is if, if the older lot keep going forever and ever and ever? The younger lot are never gonna be able to kind of get in
0: mm, that's
1: because strange. it is such a, a tough circle. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I obviously still care about my career, probably more so than other people's career. <laughs> but if I am gonna step aside, it's like, I'm also kind of doing it to allow a 21 year old me to maybe get their foot in the door. You know, like I would have maybe never been able to get the opportunity to dance at the bridge had that, that audition solely been of people that were a lot older than me and a lot more experienced than me and weren't, you know, they didn't need to look for new talent. Mm. So I kind of, you know, it's kind of that sort of element as well.
0: Um, Lastly, for anyone who wants to get into dancing, what would your advice be?
1: I would say to never stop learning, never stop being willing to learn, no matter how good you think you are how experienced do you think you are whether you've got zero experience or loads whether you think you're incredible whether you won all the competitions when you were growing up there is always more that you can learn and I think the best most successful dancers are those that are always willing to absorb and learn from others around them both good traits and bad traits as well Um, because the more aware you are I mean, I thought I mean, I like that's not even only really in dancing or anything. The more aware you are in your craft, mm. the better you will be able to be at offering your talent and your skill set. Um, and so, yeah, learning is, is a big thing. And also, like, never... Basically, don't be a dick. <laughs> don't think, well, I've danced for this person and that person, so therefore... But you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what people's stories are. You don't know who's listening... Um, you know words can get around and and whatnot and um, just just always stay humble I think because as, as easily as given it, it, as easily as it's given to you it can be taken away from you um, so remain humble and um, don't eat too much in catering because you won't be able to fit into your costumes
0: <laughs> I wonder if they do that on purpose <laughs> I know go, go on, on Danielle I have, have another revisceral <laughs> yeah
1: go on have some more cake Danielle okay fine I will Don't have to twist my arm and then every Sunday it was like a roast dinner as well oh
0: god oh. the dream
1: yeah and I'd go home to my mum and be like mum your cooking really isn't up to scratch anymore because <sighs> I've had oh. these people feeding me so step it up hun
0: <laughs> stay humble <laughs> yeah I know right yeah. <laughs> Where can everyone find you online if they aren't already following you?
1: So my Twitter and my Instagram are at Danielle Pisa. And I'm also on YouTube. I'm not going to lie. I'm not very consistent on YouTube. I post when I want to. I don't have this whole regular posting slot. Um, but if you just type in at Danielle Pisa, then you will find all of my workouts that I now post Um And a few other random videos of me, like, cleaning my flat or doing my makeup. (laughs) Like, just random things that are thrown in there. Um, But, yeah, I'm at Daniel Pisa. And then my website is danielpisa.com, which, again, is where you'll find workouts and a few recipes. um, Not of those from catering, because I didn't manage to get those recipes.
0: Sad Uh, But, yeah,
1: so, basically, if you just search Daniel Pisa on any platform, you'll probably find something of mine.
0: Yeah amazing thank you so much this has been fab it's so nice to hear about like something that's just totally different
1: yeah no thank you for having me
0: um thanks it's been nice to chat it has been nice to chat what are you up, for, up to you for the rest of the day
1: so i'm going on a socially distant walk with a friend of mine in about half an hour lovely um and then i'm spending the rest of the day planning this week's workouts So, yeah, we've got a few good workouts coming in store this week um, that are massively keeping my brain kind of like motivated and in routine and just kind of keeping me doing something. So, they're kind of giving me as much as they are other people that are doing them. So, I'm going to stick with doing those. And then I'm probably going to sit down and watch some Netflix because it's Monday and that's what I feel like I can do.
0: I think that's kind of what I'm probably going to do for the rest of the day as well. So, Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah, just chill. Yeah, I saw you got your first um, delivery or Uber Eats or of, um, was it wasabi you got?
0: Oh my god, yes, they've been closed for so long and I was really... Your little face <laughs> in your story, oh my god. I look like
1: I'm about like, 12 years, the happiest, years old. Oh, she is a happy little munchkin right there. And I saw I you know. like, please if anyone has anything b- bad to say about wasabi, not now, just let me have my moment.
0: Yeah, literally just let, let me have my katsu curry and then tell yeah. me. <laughs> Was it good? Was it worth the wait? It was so... Uh, you know, actually, I was too hungover to eat it. <laughs> so I ate about, like, maybe, I don't know, a quarter of it, and then sort of picked at it throughout the day. But, yeah, it was it was almost as good as it should have been had I have been a bit more uh, yeah. capable. <laughs>
1: So now you can have another one now when you're like not
0: hungover, you can order one and really savour the flavour and enjoy the moment yeah exactly rather than feel i like going be sick every other, every
1: other month yeah oh my god <laughs> so good
0: so your little face oh yeah no it was It was lovely I had a nice time <laughs> oh, amazing oh I will let you go and thank you so much that was great
1: no
0: worries thank you hey, sorry? okay cool have a lovely day
1: Fab. you too thank you babe see you soon bye, bye.